pull up a chair and join us at the Energy Roundtable. Welcome to the Energy Roundtable. This is one of the last ones before Lisa takes some time off and I sit at the table myself and bored talking about the news like a crotchety old man. But uh, <laughs> until then, we will uh, talk about the news and notes of the uh, the week. Lisa, how you doing? I'm good. I'm very good, Matt. And actually, our Director of Engineering, uh, Mr. Bill Davidson, who we've had on our podcast, will actually be joining you at these uh, energy roundtables moving forward after I'm uh, I'm off. So that should be fun. He likes to debate things, too. So I think that should uh, should make for some interesting uh, debate uh stories at the end of the uh, the face-off period so oh i love it excellent looking forward yeah. to it looking forward to it why don't uh, why don't you start us off lisa sure that sounds good so both of my articles are from bioenergy insight uh the first one is um cpuc sets biomethane targets for utilities so cpuc is the california public utilities commission and it has set a biomethane procurement target for utilities to reduce short-lived climate pollutant emissions uh, this has actually been pretty big news. I saw this over a couple of LinkedIn's art, li- li- uh, LinkedIn articles as well, which is part of the reason I wanted to share it. But basically, the decision establishes a biomethane procurement program, uh, which has been carefully crafted to help achieve California's short-lived climate pollutant goals, which call for a 40% reduction in methane and other short-lived climate pollutants by 2030. So basically, the decision establishes short-term and medium-term procurement goals. The short-term 2025 biomethane procurement target is 17.6 billion cubic feet of biomethane, corresponding to 8 million tons of organic waste diverted annually from landfills. And each utility will be responsible for procuring a percentage of the total under its uh, proportionate share of natural gas deliveries. And then the medium-term 2030 target for biomethane procurement is 72.8 billion cubic feet per year. And this higher amount will help the state achieve its goal to reduce methane emissions by 40% by 2030. And it reflects approximately 12% of current residential and small businesses that are known as core gas customers, uh, gas usage in 2020. So really exciting news uh, for our space. you know, Matt knows this, and some of our listeners probably know this as well. I've become quite uh, interested in the biogas and the RNG space in many cases, just because you know we've been getting a lot more involved here at CEM. But uh, this is not only putting California on the map, but it should actually, um, you know, spark up that many more projects in the U.S., which is just awesome. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah this yeah. is. Not, it sounds like this. It sounds like it's a uh, a progression from. You know, they were really focused on CNG and trucks and that being RNG, and now they're progressing, you know, the next phase. And I think what's encouraging as an industry is that traditionally, whether it be air emissions or other things, you know, California has always been the leading edge of, you know, uh, you know, of everything that we do, right? So you know, it, it's, yeah. it's likely that the rest of the province or the rest of the country and the rest of the, the continent follows suit. So, yeah. we, you know, uh, did, the, did the article mention anything about you know, kind of carbon intensity scores and things like that that are that are important in the uh, LCFS uh, program. Not in this particular uh, article, no. Um, but obviously, that that is very important. Uh, obviously, as well. 
Um, I, I mean, I'm just really excited about it because, you know, you know, I've talked about this before, but this is sort of on the molecule side of the fence, right? And, uh, you know, we've always been sort of advocating for the the other side of the story, you know, other than just electrification. And to now know that there's going to be that much more renewable natural gas that's going to be delivered through the pipeline is, uh, is a great story and a, a good step in the right direction in my mind. So... Awesome. That, that news had not hit my radar, so thank you for for sharing that. You're uh, most welcome. My net, my first article, and and I will admit this has been a crazy week for me. So uh, I am typically a headline reader, and that is enhanced uh, this week. Um, <laughs> I haven't had a chance to read these articles in depth, but I'm going to use I'm going to refer people to them, uh, and then kind of talk a little bit about what you know the headline really focuses on from a very high level. That this one is uh you know it's a, it's from the financial post so a derivative of the national post one of our national uh newspapers here in canada and the headline is uh it, it's it's a commentary from a gentleman named peter Turzaki, Turzakian. apologies to mr Turzakian and his family uh for getting that name wrong but the, the 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 tagline is the dream of cheap clean safe and secure energy is being put on hold um, and he goes on to talk about how, you know, generally speaking in, in Canada in particular, uh, we got three out of the four pretty easily, which was cheap, uh, safe and secure. Um, and we were working on the clean part, you know, that's debatable. But but now really what this article goes on to talk about is that, you know, in light of what's happening, you know, as terrible, you know, very terrible in Ukraine, one of the things that is at the center of it and, and is having a rip, massive ripple effect for most of Europe is is the the, the secure part, right? Right. At this, point, at this point, it's not really about, you know, clean, uh, cheap uh, or safe. It's about the secure part. And so, you know, the article goes on to talk about, you know, how can we help and, and, and liquefied natural gas and things like that. There's a longer development cycle. Uh, hydrogen is part of that. So there's some ways that the, that can be helped, but I think it, it just, the the conflict, um, you know, really raises to light this whole issue of security, which is, I think, something we traditionally take for granted. And so, I you know, it's, it's important to kind of point to that. Um, you know, if you've heard me say it three times today already, I filled my truck up for a buck 63, uh, a liter uh for our canadian for our american friends that's a lot i don't know what it, i don't know what it is <laughs> yeah. dollars per gallon but it's a lot um and was that actually regular by the way matt was it regular gas oh yeah oh yeah oh, I, just, wow. I, I just need regular stuff for my v8 so i uh, can't wait till uh, gm is making a hydrogen fueled truck but yeah. anyway um you know it's not it's no longer cheap it's uh security is in question so you know maybe it's gone from getting the first three and not getting the fourth to now you know, the fourth one is becoming, you know, more and more achievable, being it clean. So uh, yeah. interesting and scary world in some ways. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. No, I have nothing else to add to that. But uh, so I'll skip on to my next article here, <clears throat> which is, <clears throat> excuse me, also from Bioenergy Insight. And it's titled INEO, Concord Group to Develop Four Biogas Plants in Malaysia. Apparently, I like <laughs> I like biogas and RNG articles, right? So uh, this one says that uh, Enio has signed an agreement with the Concord Group to develop four biogas plants in Malaysia using palm waste oil. The project emphasizes Malaysia's efforts to achieve its uh, COP26 commitments in moving away from fossil fuels and increasing renewable energy projects. 
the country recently raised its nat- national renewable energy capacity target from a 20% increase to a 31% increase of renewables in its energy mix by 2025. So really like that part. And um, the other part of the article that I actually like here is the biogas plants will deliver sustainable power to the grid while capturing methane. Each plant is expected to operate two NEO Yenbuck or high-efficiency biogas engines, collectively delivering more than eight megawatts of power to the grid. So, I mean, I, I like the article because, especially if we think about all of the different projects that even we are involved with or other firms are involved with in the biogas and the RNG space, primarily within North America these days, Depending on where you are, from a CI perspective, operating a CHP is not necessarily very favorable. So people are actually disconnecting their 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 CHP facilities if they do have one, for example, on you know farm digesters, etc. And they're injecting all of that gas into the the natural gas grid, which of course you know I've said before I'm a big proponent of. But there's also that other aspect of resiliency that a CHP system can provide. And if you can get that renewable fuel into a CHP system to provide that power, uh, you know, you can look at, you know, uh, providing power for a lot of the the energy deficits that we're going to be looking at coming up in the future here, right? More stability with renewables and, and all that sort of stuff. So I like it because it just sort of brings CHP back into the mix. And it seems that in a lot of cases that sort of dropped off over the last, you know, year, year and a half, uh, as far as its integration with biogas facilities. Right, right. Yeah, no, and that's, you know, that's the industry I grew up in is, is biogas to, to CHP. And it's good to see it, you know, it still has a place. And I think it's, a, it's an important lesson to kind of look at, you know, Yes, holistically, but also a system in its in its pieces. You know, fuel supply, fuel delivery. You know, how to use it on site, and and take a holistic approach because you know CHP has a lot of things that it brings. Okay, traditionally it's had a, a fossil based fuel, but if we can figure out that piece, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Right. Right. So, right. Um, you know, that, that's you know that's a, it's a good lesson that way. So good. Uh, my last article is from E&E News, so eenews.net. Energy Wire is the headline or the kind of the brand at the top. Uh, but the, uh, the the article is about the State of the Union and all the energy takeaways. So uh, President Biden gave his State of the Union this week. I believe it was on Tuesday. Um, and obviously, most of it had to do with, you know, the crisis in Ukraine, uh, obviously. So that was that dominated it. There were some pieces around uh, energy, uh, as you might expect. Uh, no mention of um, Tesla uh, or Elon Musk, but he did talk about, you know, um, a network of 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations. So, you know, talking about Ford and GM making some big investments there. Um, you know, we talk about uh, th- there is, you know, always going to be a, a discussion around anything in America with a made in America bent. Um, you know, so how can you know, we're seeing that with the, the Department of Energy and their hydrogen shot and some of their other initiatives where how can we create a homegrown uh, economy? And, um, you know, so that will be a big part of it. Um, and then, you know, Oil came up a lot, so you know, depending on what part of the world you're from, oil is 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 energy is they're kind of synonymous, right? And so you know, America's got 
some version of energy independence and so they're now able to lean into this conflict and and provide some reserves into the market so there was some talk around that um you know i think he only mentioned climate twice right so mm-hmm. which you know i get there's bigger fish to fry right right uh, if we all blow each other up what's the point of having you know one degree of, of warming right so so we have to deal with that stuff first but um you know i i think I think it's positive. He's certainly positive on the climate. He's already done some stuff on it. Um, but, you know, it's you can't let the State of the Union pass without at least, you know, giving giving recognition to it. So um, yeah. I encourage people to check that out, eenews.net. Uh, it's a, a summary, pretty balanced summary of Joe Biden and his approach to, uh, to energy in the State of the Union. Cool. No, that's great. <laughs> So those are uh, those are the news and notes of this week, and we will conclude as we always do with our face-off. And to facilitate, referee, provoke, we will bring in our content <laughs> producer extraordinaire, the man with a great mustache, Mark Sherbino. Welcome. To <laughs> hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Um, yeah, it's still there. The mustache is still kicking around. We'll see how long it lasts, but we'll see. I think you should up. you should get the 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 hook yeah. thing going there, Mark. <laughs> oh yeah. Just yeah. wax tips and turn them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the hipster look or whatever, like the tip yeah. of the hipster. hipster. Yeah, there you go. Show up with a toque yeah. next time, and you're. And, right. you know, yeah, those you can't have the toque can't be all the way on. It's got to be kind of in the back. Right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And a portable typewriter too. No computer, just a typewriter. <laughs> yeah. uh. So um, a, an article caught my attention. It's not really a zoo, but it was about marine land and all the flack they're getting, and it's very polarizing place some people think it's uh you know a place to take your kids other people think it's you know the devil so uh, so, you, so you mean the jingle is not correct everyone yeah. they say everyone loves marine land everyone yeah. loves marine maybe, land. maybe it's in the true. 70s and 80s i think uh it had a whole different it was a little bit more lighthearted then than it is now <laughs> for sure um so i figured uh, we would do the topic would be zoos i mean not every zoo is marine land and i don't, wouldn't even consider marine land a zoo but that's what sparked sort of the the topic so um i will let lisa call heads or tails on this one so go ahead lisa heads it is tails okay so, i will take the pros of a zoo oh interesting oh, oh, oh i was interesting i thought he was gonna do the opposite Okay, now um, would you like to go first, Matt, or would you like to throw it to Lisa? You have that choice. Oh, well, oh, wow. So I, I get the ball and I get to choose what side. <laughs> this is great. I will, I will go second. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be the other way around. Oh, All right. This makes uh, it difficult because then he could use some points against me. Well, uh, you know, it's argue, funny. When you I argue first... with a pregnant woman, you need every advantage you can get. <laughs> and Lisa's yeah. probably more prepared. Normally, normally the answer is yes, but not not today. It's been a very busy week for me as well. And just as a forewarning, if you haven't noticed already, I am running out of breath when I speak for long periods of time because the baby at 36 weeks is really coming up high. So I'm number one. I'm not nervous. Are you taking the L already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's. You're taking a loss already, or what? You're talking yourself into a loss here. Well, you know, I'm trying to get some people to feel bad for me here. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Joking aside, um, I did do a little bit of research, just a little bit. Um, so I'm somewhat prepared, but not really. Anyways, some high-level points. Um, so did, do either of you actually know where zoos came from in the first place? No. So apparently, uh, it's because all because of scientists. 
They wanted to research animal behavior and anatomy. That's kind of how zoos started. Uh, when exactly that was, I, I couldn't tell you, but I do know it goes beyond or probably just prior to the 18th or around the 18th century. Um, but essentially, like zoos get a lot of bad rap in a, in a you know in a in a way because of what happened in the 18th and 19th century, which was the the whole idea that they were symbolizing power. And I think this will lead into some of my other points in a moment, but they were basically, you know, symbolizing power. People were, um, you know, kind of using them as kind of a, an opportunity to bring other people and guests to the to their own personal zoos to show the animals off and, oh, I'm so powerful, I'm so big. And unfortunately, a lot of those animals were not cared for properly. And that still remains a bit of a problem today. And I think maybe that's what your article was sort of uncovering with Marine Land uh, to some degree, Mark. Uh, so now I have to take a big breath. <laughs> um, but I think that's really what the problem is. Like you have some zoos that are very good at creating, you know, natural habitats and big spaces. And you have others, unfortunately, depending on the country or the area that you're in, that really are just managed very, very poorly. They don't have great regulations. The animals are suffering. Um, you know, they're unnatural environments. There's mental issues, unfortunately, that are happening with a lot of these uh, the animals because they're held in captivity and aren't well cared for. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, zoos, unfortunately, that are also part of, and maybe not necessarily in Canada or the U.S., but that are part of scientific experiments. So you have animals that are, you know, being susceptible to that type of, you know, scientific uh, experiment, and and well, you can kind of guess at what kind of goes along with that. Um, and then just because of the lack of regulation and the way that a lot of animals' behaviors altered in zoos, you've heard this before where you've had lion attacks or tiger attacks or apes or monkeys or, you know, other animals that just have not, you know, done well really in this sort of environment of captivity. And so, you know, we most of us think about it as a trip to the zoo and you get to show your family the zoo and the animals for education purposes. But again, a lot of them in many, many countries are not regulated. And unfortunately, it results in a lot of animal suffering. And because I'm a big animal advocate and uh, love animals myself, uh, it is in those situations that I'm completely against them. So there's my points. Okay. I'm struck by the irony as we approach year two of the pandemic uh, and the early part of year one marked by uh, our uh, introduction to a man named Joe Exotic and, and the tiger. <laughs> um, I just, it's, it's fascinating. I think, you know, I tell that to say it's important to define what a zoo is. When I think of a zoo, I don't think of, you know, Joe Exotic, where there's, you know, I, I think of, you know, the Toronto Zoo here. And um, so that's kind of the, the, the vision of a zoo that I am uh, advocating for, um, because there are many, you know, bad raps. But I think, you know, a lot of the things that, first of all, you know, thinking about going to the Toronto Zoo, it's just a, you know, a delightful day out for, for our family uh, to see, you know, different animals. I, you know, regardless of your view on how we all got here as uh, as um, people and animals, I think it's amazing how much variety there is uh, in in uh, in the created or the the world that we live in. 
and uh, you know, to being able to showcase that to people, you know, that they can see giraffes and, and lions and elephants and rhinoceroses and fish and snakes all in one place. I think it's just the coolest thing ever. You can you can go on a, on a trip without ever leaving your province. Um, and I think that brings awareness, right? It, it brings awareness to, I think zoo, good zoos do a good job of bringing awareness to, um, you know, endangered species or, you know, different things like the ivory, uh, you know, hunting or, or mining or whatever in Africa or, you know, uh, getting rid of the rainforests. A lot of stuff that is now all of us are talking about in the energy space. I think, you know, conservationists and, and, and animal advocates, they're the ones that hit it first. And I think, you know, zoos really raised raise awareness to that. Um, I think zoos have been instrumental to, uh, you know, keeping a lot of species alive, being able to, you know, species that were at risk and were, um, you know, very vulnerable. They've been able to isolate some of those conditions and be able to kind of release populations back into the wild and, and you know, bring new life back into the wild. Um, so I think I think zoos are, are, you know, great, even though I am somebody who says I love animals when they're on my plate. Uh, in this case, you know, because I don't have to take care of them um, and I can just visit and look at them and, and, and you know, kind of be amazed by, you know, all the different varieties. Uh, I am I am very pro zoo. Wow. Yeah, that's this is a tough one because I'm generally I've been to the zoo, so I can't say I'm anti zoo, but I'm anti, you know, unregulated uh, animal like acquiring animals, un, you know, unlawfully, I guess the best way to look at it. And I think a lot of zoos actually acquire their animals that are, you know, uh, sick or been hurt in the wild and then they breed them from there. Right. They bring them in and, and use them from there. So I'm going to have to say, well, this is a tough one. because I'm sort of split down the middle. I'm going to say that if it's done lawfully then i gotta be pro zoo then um you know if it's not obviously like places like greenland and other areas where you know their animals are suffering i'm obviously at way against that because i love pets and i have many of them so and i also love them on my plate so i'm a kind of like a yeah. i don't know what i'm doing i guess <laughs> so does that mean that place. matt has won all three like in a row I, i'm on a street yes I, so oh, yeah. so now now i'm really looking forward to bill davidson taking over <laughs> Because, because he he may be able to actually change the score, but Perhaps. but 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 because I was prepared to also argue the pro point, uh, just because I was going to link it to the RNG articles that I was of course talking about. Oh. Uh, you know, for people who actually want to know, uh, you know, what you can do with Zupu, Zupu to biogas energy is nice. a real thing. And and look it up. It's so there's Zoo Share Biogas Cooperative. It's the first zoo-based biogas plant of its kind in North mm. America. Take a look at it. I was gonna link it to it if I had the pro. So and I was ready to argue the pro. So I, uh, very, thank you for raising that because I'm very mad at myself. I didn't think of that. That's an option. <laughs> uh, that project, by the way, talk about external stakeholders. Uh, I, I've you know I followed that project for 13 years now. I know the guy that was the key developer. Um, that, you know, talk about external stakeholders. Nobody ever anticipated that Bob Barker of The Price is Right was an external stakeholder to that project. Mm. Uh, the largest portion of manure uh, or, or, or poo for that project was the elephants. And halfway through the development cycle, Bob Barker insisted that those elephants leave the Toronto Zoo. Uh, and they had a resource problem uh, for their biogas. Oh. Now, uh, most of their energy comes from offsite, but um, just an interesting kind of story. You, you just a lesson is you never know in project development who's going to influence your project. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and the price may have been right until until that point. So 
Uh, right on. Well, thank you both. Always fun. Lisa, are we getting one more in or, or are we going to try to get one more in next week? We're, we're certainly going to try. And uh, if he shows up early, he shows up early. But otherwise, uh, yeah, I definitely hope to. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to our listeners for another uh, Energy Roundtable. Thank you to Mark. Thank you to Lisa. Until uh, next time, stay safe. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.